I was going to say Merry Christmas, but it's not Christmas yet. We're still, we're still celebrating Advent. Happy Holidays. So, uh, as I've said before, um, you know, we get caught up sometimes in this culture war thing about are you supposed to say Happy Holidays or are you supposed to say Merry Christmas? And I just want to say now and, and like kind of lay that to rest, at least within myself, let's don't be the people who get caught up in that stuff. Let's be the peacemakers. And then let's also um, understand that me as a preacher and my colleagues and I have failed by helping us learn um, that we are peacemakers. So listen to this text. This is from Luke chapter 1. It's a really familiar text. Um, I think a lot of people who haven't even grown up in church know this passage. But listen uh, to what the gospel writer of Luke tells us. We'll start with verse 26, and I'll read through verse 38. It'll be on the screens behind me. You can read along on your phones. If you brought a Bible, you can read along in your Bible as well. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation, and may God give us wisdom and courage as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. I love that story. And I love Mary. I love the courage of Mary. I love the the challenge of her response to the angel. I love the fact that she had this moment of possibly fear. Some translations say she had a moment of fear. But then in the midst of that, she was able to calm herself and ponder what the angel was saying to her. I love the fact that she was told about this lady Elizabeth who who she's related to, who is also with child. And that was another miraculous birth. If you want to read about that, that happens just prior in the book of Luke. And so I'll tell you that story instead of reading it to you. There was a man named Zacharias. He was a priest. Then his wife um, named Elizabeth. They were old and she had never had children. And you may know this already, but in ancient cultures and sometimes in, in the Near East and, and Middle East already, still today, there is this 
idea that salvation comes through childbirth. And that if you can't have children, then there's something wrong with you. Now we, in the United States, understand that that is not an accurate thing, an accurate way of thinking. But there is was especially that idea in the ancient Near East. And so Elizabeth and Zechariah not being able to have a child was a big deal. And Zechariah would go, it, Scripture tells us that... Uh, it says, once he was serving as a priest before God, and his section was on duty. He was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. And so periodically, he would be the one that was name essentially was drawn from the hat to get to go in to the sanctuary and pray the prayers for all of the people. And the people would wait outside for him. So imagine, you're all outside, and my name is drawn from the hat, and I come in here, and I stand before the altar, and I pray prayers before God. And you're all outside waiting for me to come out and proclaim to you something that may have happened to me while I was in there, something that I heard from God. Zechariah probably had been praying and praying and praying for a child. And the prayer was never answered. And now he was at a point in his life where he was too old and his wife was too old and it just wasn't going to be a reality in their life, but somehow he was still praying for it. And here's the thing. Zechariah would continually put himself in a place where he could hear from God. We have spiritual disciplines in our lives. Prayer, fasting, study, worship, Lots of other ones that we don't like to even talk about much because they're so difficult and so strange sometimes. But those things put us in a place where we can hear from God. And we don't always hear from God in them. But we continue to do those disciplines so that we're in a place where we can hear from God. Mary, we're told by Scripture, was devout and had found favor with God. The only way that she could be called devout is if she was a person who put herself in a place where she could hear from God and this thing happens to her. This thing happens where she's in her room one night and and a messenger of God, an angel, appears to her and begins to talk and tells her she's going to have a child. And that this child is going to be called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. He's going to save His people. He's the coming Messiah, the one they've been waiting for and watching for. And she ponders all of this. She stores it up for future remembrance. How many of you have those memories? Where you had an experience of some sort that was life-changing to you. You received some sort of news that was good news, but it was life-changing news. If you've ever been told you're about to have a child, a grandchild, a great-grandchild, a new brother, a new sister, whether the adoption's going to take place or not, when you hear that news, it's life-changing. But we also have life-changes experiences of you open the letter and you find out you got accepted to the college you want to go to. You open the letter and you find out that you received a scholarship to help you pay for that schooling. There are all sorts of 
pieces of good news that we can get that change our lives. And Mary received one. But listen to what Mary said, because here's the thing. I skipped over talking about the part where Mary was a virgin. And she was betrothed to Joseph. She was engaged to be married to him. So there is a moment she has to be pondering of fear because I'm sure you know this and have been told this before, but it was possible now for Mary to be stoned to death because she is pregnant outside of marriage and in their culture at that point she was up for execution. But listen to what Mary says with this news that she receives. Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. This girl, a teenager most likely, had the courage and the faith to say, let it be with me. Let it be with me as you have said. What a scary, scary thing to pray. And what courage it takes and what faith it takes to be able to pray that prayer and say, please God, let it be with me. Whatever it is that you would have me do, I will do it. Whatever it is you need me to say, I will say it. Let it be with me. That's why Mary is venerated within our faith. Because not just her courage, but her courage came from her faith. I want to read to you a poem or a song that is attributed to Mary. And I want you to listen to these words and listen to them closely. Because within these words, you will find where she gets her strength. Her strength comes from the understanding of who she believes God is. This is what she said. So the rest of the story is Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth, who was with child and was an old lady. She goes and visits Elizabeth. The child within Elizabeth's womb leaps when Mary comes into her presence. They have this exchange. They understand together that they're both with child. And Mary essentially hides out with Zechariah and Elizabeth during her pregnancy. And at one point, Mary says this. This starts in chapter or verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my Savior for He has looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. So she believes that God is looking on the lowly people. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed for the Mighty One has done great things for me and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in in remembrance of His mercy according to the promise He made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to His descendants forever. Mary literally could have been killed for uttering those words. 
for writing that poem. Because what she was doing was saying something about the Roman Empire of which was occupying her land and was controlling the thoughts, or not controlling the thoughts, trying to control the thoughts of the people and were trying to overpower everybody that they came into contact with in her land. We'll read tonight about the reason that she gave birth in Bethlehem was because the Roman Empire said, hey, we need to find out how many people we have so that we can tax everybody accordingly. And everybody has to travel to their ancestral land no matter how far they have to travel. And when the Roman Empire made a statement, the whole world reacted. They were that overpowered. And Mary is saying, this is who God is. God's going to raise up a child that's going to put the lowly down and is going to feed the poor and is going to send the rich away. She had an understanding that God was not fearful of anything. Therefore, she had no reason to fear and neither do we. Sisters and brothers, we live in weird times. We live in times where things are happening that we don't understand, and we live in times where there are people being oppressed that are still being oppressed, that have been oppressed for generations. And it's time for good people of faith to take hope and courage and stand up and remember that we have a God who does not fear, and neither should we. So when you hear the thing being said, that puts other people down, stand up. When you're part of an organization that is oppressing people, stand up. When you see people that need help, stand up and offer the help. Regardless of what that is, our minds, I think, automatically go to, there's a poor person, let me help them. But what if, what if the person that needs help is a middle-aged woman. Whose boss requires her to say certain things and act in certain ways to get a promotion. Stand up. What if there's a 16-year-old boy who's a bit more effeminate than we would want him to be, we being our culture, and people decide that they're going to call him names and make fun of him. Stand up. What if there are people who have a different color complexion than us that don't have the same access to help that we have? It's time to stand up. People of faith forever have been the ones who stand up. That's what Mary teaches me is that there are times that God is going to call me to do things that are really, really uncomfortable. And times that God is going to ask me to say things that I know are going to cause other people to be uncomfortable, and that causes me to be uncomfortable. And there are times that God is going to call me to act in ways that I don't really want to do, and it's going to make me uncomfortable. But we have a God who cares nothing about our comfort. Being comfortable is really low on the scale of spiritual maturity. Our faith requires us to be comfortable being uncomfortable.
and Mary, a teenage girl who accepts this call from God, knowing that by accepting it, she puts herself at risk of literally being stoned to death, is the one who teaches us in this season what that looks like. May we go, Morning Star, and be the people who stand up and speak up and act up when called. And may we become comfortable being uncomfortable. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.